Welcome back to the In The Dome podcast. Hey, how's your mental health? It is excellent this morning. Woke up with a little extra pep in my step and didn't want to, you know, lay in bed all day. It was funny. We were texting this morning. Actually, we've been texting the last couple of days and talking about it the last couple of days. It's amazing what a win like that does for your mental health. Like, seriously, I'm pretty sure as soon as Sean Monaghan scored that goal against the Vancouver Canucks the other night, it was like a collective sigh of like, just like, thank God. I was buzzing, social media was buzzing after the Vancouver game, and then the buzz just continued into last night with another. This is the two best, this was probably the two best back-to-back games we've seen this year. So, I mean, this was this was getting viral a bit, getting passed around was the lack of two-goal leads dated back all the way to the end of December, and the Flames had, hadn't had a two-goal lead for about a month. Over a month. Because you were like... Because then you texted me Month and a half. You're like, when's the last time we blew a big lead? It's like, I don't think we've had a... Have we even had a big lead this year? Yeah. Like, one. After... We were up 3 nothing. Sounds like came back and made a 3-2, and I'm like, shit. Have we blown a big lead yet this year? Because every team is going to do it once a year. Dude, last night was probably... Was not probably... Last night was the best game they've played all year. And it was the closest to a game I've seen out of last year, because... How many times have you seen them, like even this year, you, you, they get up one nothing, and then they fall apart. Even if they get up like 2 nothing or 2-1, well, they fall apart. The story has been you get a lead and you lose it right away. They don't have that killer instinct where they had last year where it was like, oh, it's 2 nothing and they make it 3 nothing, And then... They dominated last night. Also, because I think everybody was like, oh shit, here we go. When Burns scored that power play goal, yep. they're like, here it comes. Nope. nope. Complete opposite. Milan Lucic is a fucking beast all of a sudden. Those two games have done more for my sanity than anything this entire season. Well, listen, and I know this will be a hot topic until who knows how long. Milan Lucic versus Neil, and we probably should get into it a bit today. Yeah, we will. We'll get into it. It's coming up in Twitter. Okay. But let me just say this. Milan Lucic did more in those last two games than James Neal did all last season. 100% agree. Now, now, Milan Lucic hasn't done much outside of those two games, no. to be fair. Exactly. But still, Milan Lucic did more in those two games, last two games, than James Neal did all last season. If Milan Lucic plays like that, in both those games, really, on a night-to-night basis, I am 100% happy to have him on my hockey team. And see, this is why we're always saying this. Where is the media? Why aren't they challenging these coaches? Yeah. Why aren't these... As soon as Milan Lucic got asked about it by the media... He was embarrassed and he was like, oh shit. He fucking responded. Exactly. Why can't the media hold the players and the coaches and the GMs more accountable? Like a little bit. Just like, a smidge. They're supposed to be the media between us as the fans and what we're feeling and what we're seeing and how frustrated we are about stuff with the players. Now, it could be a double-edged sword. I get it. You don't want to put too much pressure on the guys. And I guess they were feeling a lot of pressure anyways. They were happy to be on the road trip. But Milan Lucic fucking responded. In a big way. In a big way. And like, that Van- I thought he was probably ve- he was better in the Vancouver game than he was last night. Even though he was good last night. Yeah. That Vancouver game, he was flying oh, around. He was all over he was the all ice. all over the place. And it, it was, was great. And it wasn't like what we saw in the first game against San Jose a week ago. Where he's kind of like throwing bodies. And, and you can kind of see what he's doing. And he's he, like, Yeah, it's kind of like meaningless type. Yeah. type it's like, look at me, I'm engaged. Right? Look at me, I'm doing stuff. In Vancouver, he was in the fabric of the game and he made an impact. And then he just carried it on last night in San Jose. 
it was great. And it was, it was so funny because, like, <laughs> last time we were completely ripping Jeff Ward for for having... Well, I think... <laughs> keeping him on the power. I think, quote-unquote, <laughs> I said, freaking out about Lucci. Okay, because he finally put Mond and Dubé. Yes! On PP2. Okay, well... Because people keep coming after me for, like, the things we got wrong last time. I think we also got some things right. I mean, we were screaming about Lucci to be on the power play. But we've also been clamoring for Hannafin to be on the first power play. For Madge and Dubé to be on the second power play. For Hannafin and Anderson to be together. You're trying to see some of those things happen. It's a contributing factor. Do you it think, makes things so much better. Do you think it's a coincidence? Do you think it's a coincidence Milan Lucci scores two power play goals and Madge, Penny, and Dubé are on the power play? No. And then you get another PP2 goal last night with Backlund. Come on. Did we also just one side note, did we miss Sam did we miss Sam Bennett all last night? Kate, we said this the last time he got injured. I know. It's in, it's insane. We were winning games finally. Sam Bennett was out. Guy. I don't. So I don't you feel sorry for a guy for so long. Anyways. It's it's too I think what I said was freaking out on Lucic and I said it hasn't worked for 55 games. What do you think it's going to work for 56? <laughs> and then it did. And 57. It works. But we are starting to see some changes. That makes sense. And we were saying this too last week, last podcast. It seems like if this team has an analytics department, what the hell does it do? Because based on anything analytically decisions you would make, like, they make the opposite decisions. They seem to do the opposite all season. But in the last two games, we started to see some yeah. adjustments that support are supported by the analytics. Like 100%. What, like, well, Hannafin and Anderson together. How how long have you been suggesting that? Since the beginning of the since Well, not Hannafin and Anderson together, but I mean splitting up Hamannick and Hannafin since the playoffs last year. And as soon as Hannafin started getting some games with Anderson, some minutes, it was like, wow, that's a pairing that looks really effective. Why don't you try more of that? Um, pretty sure that's Hannafin's best two games as a Calgary One hundred percent. Those last two games he, he was an absolute beast. The last two games he stepped up. He was great. He's re- literally filling Geo's shoes right yeah. now. Like, did you did you miss Travis Hamannick last night? Really? Probably not. What would have happened if he was in the game and Hannafin and Hamannick were still paired? You There's... probably would have got burned a few times. So it just then makes that... so much more sense to have him with Rasmus because Rasmus is so good defensively. It can free Hanfin up more to do what he does best, which is carry the puck. So then that begs the question. Are Noah Hannafin's struggles, and there have been some serious struggles, especially before the last two games, he was atrocious. Oh, dude, the, the, the Battle of Alberta games, the Edmonton games, oh. probably the two two worst games he's yeah. ever played. And that's been the kind of the MO of Noah Hannafin this season is like, He's either complete dog shit or he's like playing outstanding. Yeah. There's like not really much. So we'll see what happens tomorrow, I guess. But but that begs the question. Is his poor play due to playing with Travis Hamannick? I think it's a contributing factor. You gotta you gotta look at the difference. Yeah, and you it's gotta, been huge. It's been huge. Like it's it, is it even close? So it'll be interesting to see. He's definitely stepped up. And yeah, we'll see what happens in the next we'll half of games. Because again, like Every time he plays a game like this, usually follows up with a like, ugh, what was he doing out there tonight? Because I remember he had that really good game in Dallas earlier in the season. He was great. Yep. And he followed that up with a pretty poor performance. So, I don't know. I think as long as he's paired with Rasmus, we're going to see a lot a lot more of Noah Hannafin. And how about his play on the power play? He's been outstanding. And, like, I, and I think, to be fair, 
I was arguing that he shouldn't be on the power play last time we did a podcast, but I know you've been in favor of him being on PP1. Maybe speak to why that is. Well, just if you look at his underlying metrics. Which, by the way, he does look, he looked fantastic the last two games yeah, there. He moves, his, his puck movement. Totally. Almost better, than, I would say better than Gio. 100%. Like, because watch the Kachuk goal, the between the legs Kachuk goal. We'll get into it more in a bit. But it's all set up by a really smart play because he's got the puck. He's got two guys coming at him. And instead of just blasting it, which is like, I, I guarantee if that's Gio there, he's either blasting that wide or blasting it into some shin pads. Take a second to look up, half slap to Kachuk, wide open in front of the net. Beautiful play. Very good play. He's good at creating offense. He's a good offensive defenseman. And if you look at his underlying metrics, he doesn't have much time on the power play. But when he does, his expected goal rate is pretty high. It's along the same lines as Mark Giordano this season. So just when you're looking at power play configurations and you keep seeing, like, oh, why is Brody out there? Yeah. Like, his power play numbers are not particularly good. In fact, they are terrible. I mean, even Rasmus, he's not an offensive defenseman. His even strength offensive numbers are not good. So it just makes perfect sense to put Noah Hannaf in there. He's your most offensive defenseman. And he, he, he showed why last night. Man, you, even just looking at those last two games, even there's a few there's a couple plays where he was actually able to keep the puck in, at like in his feet and stuff like that. Like I was really impressed with him on the point. Me too. On he the was, PP. He was really good. And I think, I don't know, because Gio has been a pretty good power play performer, especially last year. But I just think when you when you see the goals they scored on the power play last night, like Mark Giordano shoots way too much from, way too much from the point, hoping for that tip shot, and it's such a low percentage. Like, it is. It, it happens once in a while. Yeah. But if you can move the puck from the point effectively into more dangerous areas of the ice, I think that could be a huge improvement for your power play. Totally. Like we laid the beat down on the Sharks last night. That it was a complete beat down. Like that shift. I think the Ronaldo goal. Yeah, there's five shots. Five, five, that was like five scoring chances. Like, that was unreal. Back to back to back to back to back. I was like, back. holy shit. Back of the net. It was like, Gaudreau had a chance. Monaghan had a chance. Anderson, I think everybody on the ice had a shot in that, like, seven-second span. It was great. And that was like the close... That shift was probably the closest I've seen this team's offense look to what it looked like last year. Firing on all cylinders. Yep. Now, so... Rolling into Vancouver, you and I decided to, decided to start keeping track a bit of... And I didn't many, last night. I'm how many times we dumped the puck in yeah. versus how many controlled zone entries we got. Because I know last week we were freaking out about now we're this dump and chase team. Jeff Ward, apparently... Let me ask you this. if we're a, Were we a scoring team those last two games? I think being a scoring team really helps you win games. Jeff Ward, I think... A scoring team is part of your identity there, bud. Jeff, I think I think emphasize scoring because then you win and you outscore your opponent twelve to four. Like you like look at your makeup, look at the systems you have. You're not gonna be shutting teams out on a nightly basis. It hasn't worked. In fact, the opposite has worked. They've shut you out when you play like that. Yeah. So when you when you open up your offense a little bit, like like come on, like that shift again, like Ronaldo ended up scoring of all guys, but that's the Calgary Flames. Yeah, right there. Totally. Just they they were shooting the puck. Tons of inner slot. Like I think they had three slot chances right there. Yeah, it was great. So what do you think changed? I don't know if much changed other because we were pretty lackluster, and then all of a sudden it's like Doctor Jack. What is it, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde? And again, like we could be the thing that's the thing. Yeah. We're just kind of waiting. It's, it's, we can't get two games. We can't get too excited. Like I want to get really excited, but I can't. 
Although it's you gotta savor those two games. I oh know, right? God, like, like I said, that Monaghan goal. I think for everybody in the Vancouver game was just like, holy shit! Finally, it was like almost. It was like, and that was such a nasty goal. It was like emotional freedom, like some sort of weird therapy where you get like a. Do they do this in acupuncture or something? It's some sort of therapy where it's just like emotional release. It was like a semi-lethal injection of dopamine. <laughs> I was gonna die from this dopamine level. Exactly. Anyways, we started tracking dump-ins and zone entries, starting in the Vancouver game. I haven't, I didn't, I, I got home late. I didn't feel like doing. Anything last night, last I was night. keeping track a bit until the third period when we just started running away with them. I was, I just had to sit back and enjoy. I was like, "Fuck that!" I'm not so work. I think we're gonna start doing that. The thing is, is like we're still dumping the puck in quite a bit, but we're definitely noticing a difference where they're, they're you can tell. They're they're attempting to bring the puck in more often. Well, I can't. We're, we're still seeing that D to D where they're stationary, but not near as much as we've been seeing it. I counted nineteen controlled zone entries against the Canucks on Saturday night. Um, Derek Ryan had three. Michael Backlund had three. Johnny Gaudreau had two. So that seemed pretty good. Nineteen in sixty minutes. Yeah. I don't have much of an average to compare it to other than some other zone entry stats that are out there, but. Um, I mean, I liked what I saw. I like when I see guys carrying the puck in there, and I know what was the dump in something like. It was like twenty eight or something. Yeah, like that. and the retrieval rate was like okay. terrible. When we dump the puck in, we're not retrieving. Well, I'm, you texted me last night. And you were like, after one, it was like we had eight dump ins and like one successful retrieval. Yeah. So this team is not built to dump the puck in. So, and I get it. There's a time and a place to dump the puck in. I think if you're the Flames, there there's still room. To increase your speed breaking out. There's a few there's a few times in the game where a D-man has and you're like, what are you doing? Just start skating. Yeah, exactly. Why wait? I just think- start skating. You have open ice. Like you're skilled enough. All these D-men are skilled enough. They have enough lateral puck movement, skating ability. Like every single one of them. Like skate more. Yeah. So I think that's what you saw specifically in Vancouver game was a good like neutral zone transition game, but yeah. still from their own zone, we need to see more quickly. Get up the ice quickly. Skate with the puck. Yeah. And then from there, like, we've it's been better the last two games. But if you have guys starting to skate the puck up now, the forwards have to do a better job of supporting. Yeah, totally. With speed skating up with the guy, which in the last two games looked a lot better. And then it's a matter as long as they have that support, you're going to have different options. And I get it. Sometimes there's no other choice but the – to yeah, but, I mean, but when you're breaking out of your own zone, it yeah. should be your goal to the enter thing, the zone with control. The thing is, is that as long as you have that speed, yeah, you're gonna have way more successful entries than if you're, they're doing what they have been before the last two games, which is super stationary, yeah, just trying to chip pucks past guys. So hopefully, hopefully this hopefully is a trend. This continuing. is a trend, and it is something that we're not just imagining because they won six to two in two back to back games. Hopefully, they are emphasizing this a bit more. Because, boy, does it ever make a difference, even a little bit. And just coming back to the last podcast, we spent a lot of time on this quote by Jeff Ward, which is this whole identity concept. And basically he was saying how last year they tried to be a scoring team, which, no, you were. And for whatever reason... Tried and succeeded. For whatever reason, because you got punked in the playoffs, you think you need to change your identity. No. We saw it in the last two games. Is that the best... You felt watching in a long-ass time? It was like I wanted to watch the whole game. I was like, I can't wait. It's from the third period on. This is going to be awesome in the San Jose game. Like, 
even even from a simple like keep your fans invested perspective. If that's like, if be that, a scoring team, please. If, if this is not your team identity, then you need to rebuild this team exactly because this, this is built on this premise. These are the type of players you have. So Jeff Ward, snap out of it. You are a scoring team, whether you want to be or not, Jeffrey. And like Jeffrey, look, the last two games you allowed two goals against. David Rick made some big saves. You had some good defensive plays, but for the most part, the reason why we were so much better defensively because we were so good offensively. We we're spending Take, way more, way more time. Like I, it's just like it's. It seems so easy to just say it, but I mean, if you look at their high danger chance percentage last night, they were way better. We 50, killed fifty five percent. Yeah, and the previous game was only like seventy percent, and that's with like a, a three nothing lead. So. Yeah. And the, the previous game, 70%. Yeah. Had the high danger chance share by a mile. So when you're creating so much offense, it automatic, automatically makes you a better defensive, defensive team because you're not spending so much time in your stupid defensive zone. You're not spending so much time defending. Seriously. Anyways, let's look for this stuff. Hopefully it continues. They were much better. I still think, like I said, there's a few times you're just like, I don't understand why this D-man isn't just starting to skate right yeah, now. Yeah, 100%. Like, they should be applying the pressure because... One thing we know about this this team, if you want to talk about identity, as soon as we sit back and wait for the other team to dictate, Big we problem. always suck. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We need to be the ones that dictate and and force our will upon other teams and make them adjust to us. And we do that with our quickness, our speed, and especially breaking out transitions. So we gotta we gotta keep that going. Gotta keep it up. Gotta keep it up. And I mean it sure helps to have a lethal power play. Yes. You scored a lot of power play goals in those last two games, so like that sure shit helps. A lot. Making an adjustment on PP2 sure I mean, shit helps. I think we're going to go into it game by game here, but Johnny Gaudreau, that, like last night he was... The last two nights. I thought last night especially he was absolutely exceptional. Yep. He had created a ton of chances, had the puck on his stick a ton. I mean, there was three or four... Excellent defensive plays he made, like oh. back checks to the neutrals, like just great. There was two back checks in particular where he literally like broke up an odd man rush. Yeah, there was, was a, a, there was like a, a two on zero. Yeah, two on zero, and he breaks it up. It's great, and that's kind of a part of his game that's been underrated in the past few years: his ability to back check because he is really fast. And then, I mean, the the Vancouver goal that we all love, the Monahan goal, like that all comes from an incredible. He kind of steals the puck, makes it an insane deke, and then. Bolts up ice and makes a great play. What was that? He that was, was so weird. He was, he was on. He was our, like skating backwards. Yeah, he was on our side of the red line, skating backwards with one hand, like did a one hand right backwards toe drag. Yeah, that was crazy. Quick ups. Does it the old give and go with Lindholm? Yep. Finds Monty, and then did they make out after? Like, the, like <laughs> I would have. That was some some serious bromance going on, dude. That again, and, like, and I love to I see it too. <laughs> I fuel off that. The look on their faces. Was like what I was feeling. The Johnny Monty love affair is what fuels my passion for this. Game. <laughs> I can't disagree. I live for that shit. All right, let's go. Let's go through some goals here. Because okay. So you go in in Vancouver. First goal, Derek Ryan. What? And, we, the, and the, I mean, the other thing is too, like the, that Vancouver game. And I mean, last night, like I said off the top, it was like as soon as San Jose makes it three two, I was like, oh shit, here we go again. And give them credit. They were like, nope, that's not happening. Yep. And I mean, same in the Vancouver game, because he gets scored on 30 seconds in. Yep. Tanner Pearson with a pretty weird goal. 
especially, 30 seconds in. Especially after only a week prior, the same thing happens against Edmonton. Exactly. And then you're and fucked. You fell apart. Yeah. So, I mean, something's going on with this team on the road. So, you get scored on Matthew Kachuk being the beast that he is. And I know a lot of people were attributing the, the game success just to him in that fight. I don't think so, but I mean, still. It's, it definitely has a contributing factor. It contributes. Like, like, do you think Lucic wasn't fired up after that? Everybody was fired everybody up. Everybody was so fired up. And I mean, he did a good job. Like, JT Miller's probably been the Canucks. I mean, Pedersen, obviously, but second best player this season. He's Which, take, taking off one of their best guys. By the way, there's a few people kind of confused about that whole thing that went down with Chucky and JT. It, it kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, it was Especially so... Especially JT's, like, taking the face off. Yeah. So then Chucky's, like, beaking him from the hash marks. He must have been beaking him. He must have set him off because I'm sure J.C. Miller, like, I don't see any reason for J.C. Miller to fight. Like, his team's up. You have the advantage right now. It would be interesting to know a little bit deeper. Yeah. I mean, what? how did that whole thing unfold? I think Matthew Chuck, you know, give the guy credit. He is a smart. He has a way of doing things. That's what we've always said. He's not just a – he's so smart. And so Derek Ryan comes down with the equalizer to make a 1-1 after a great shift. Hey, how how good's the the Ryan, Dubé, and Lucic line been? That is your new Hathaway-Mangiapane-Ryan line from last year. If, if this better. line continues to be as effective as they are, and then again, I don't have a problem with Lucic not either. on the fourth if he line. Plays like, if he plays, and he's not going to play like that every night, but if he plays somewhere in that, that range. If he can play like that yeah. 80% of the remainder. And of the, not even the fighting and stuff. Yeah, fuck it. But if just, he's just making himself known and being a presence out there. Like actually laying guys out yeah. while there's like a, a live play happening. It's not like dead or it's kind of like kind of on the side of the yeah. whole play. And I mean, because the other thing too, like on the power play, if he can beat, because I'm never a big old big boy in front of the net. Uh, if he can be getting goals like that. Yeah. The thing is, he's kind of scored, was he at four power play goals? I think it's four. They're all the same. They're all the same right around the net. It's a shot pass from... Usually from well, from Anderson from Backlund, but I do remember the Anderson one. I think it was against against Arizona. Because it's funny because the last time he scored, it was a back to back. Yeah, Minnesota and Arizona. They were like carbon copies, yeah. slap passes from Anderson, right in the same exact place. So if that's your set play, do it. Yeah, I mean that's the one last night specifically. He's got to have hands to do that, right? Like that's he, a tough play. He chipped it he up. Chipped that up. And we'll get the hands in a second. We'll so then another uh, Matthew. <laughs> Matthew Chuck breakaway goal. I legitimately thought it was going to be called back, but there was to no, set up. To there set up was to no goal, way because he didn't kick it in. But. I know, but I was like, "Oh, it's Kachuk, It's the Flames." Just uh, as an aside, the officiating in this Vancouver Canucks game was pretty terrible, as usual. But yeah, good. So great pass by Johnny Gaudreau to Matthew Kachuk, I thought. Yep. And again, probably one of the main reasons I really want to see those. As soon as anytime Kachuk's out there with Gaudreau, I'm like, "Oh, I want to see it all game." You can tell there's like it's not necessarily an instant chemistry. There's just an There's instant something. match in like offensive mindedness where they don't even need time to spend like they can just play yeah. together for a shift and be dominant. And I know Lindholm was was set that given goal goal up there, but fuck, would Kachuk be good with those two guys? Anyways, great goal. Um, and then like the most Calgary Flames bounce of all time occurs. Right. Like everyone's that- like, oh, it hit the ref. No, it was even more ridiculous. It, like, hit some... It didn't even hit the camera hole. It, like, hit, like, the most random seam in the goddamn world. Right? It was unreal. How, like, 
You want to do that a hundred more times, Dude, please? if you did that 10,000 times, it would never happen. That's weird. But of course it happens to the Flames. And then, I mean, the, the Ryan... But, but, again, to your point of, like, yeah. not crumbling, you had two opportunities where they could have just been like, oh, fuck. They could have pouted or whatever. But no, they didn't give a shit. Which is kind of weird because I do hear this criticism. I, I, Steinberg brings it up with a lot. Like, this group has always shown a propensity. Anything bad goes... Anything that goes wrong and they crumble. I really haven't seen that. Screw that. Too much. Did that happen once last year? Yeah, How many happened like a couple wins? times. It was a, maybe during the Glenn Gulletson yeah. era. But I mean, previous to that, the Hartley team, those guys came back like all the time. Last year, they led the league in comeback wins. So I don't really buy that this team crumbles with the diversity argument. Well, and we've seen, I don't know, I honestly think you can trace that rate back to just mismanagement in-game. Yeah, no, totally. When, when guys are just like they're not bought in because they feel like they, the coach is such a fuck-up. Like, in, with the Glenn Gulletson Gulletson, like, even think about, like, the, think about the Anaheim game and how he managed the goaltending, like, in the playoffs, how glad that was. Think about Brower. Troy Brower being Chase out there. On. Chase on all the time. Like the Brower was, play. Like, every single decision he made was yeah. just energetically flat. Exactly. It's like how can how can you buy in as a player? And, it, and we've seen shades of that with Ward, and I know that's why we're, we've been very critical of Ward. So let's just hope that now that he's now like you posted that that Seinfeld thing of like tree living when Lucic and, and Lucic score, my stupidity finally pays off. And throw Ronaldo in there. You posted that before Ronaldo even well, scored. Well, it was hilarious because this morning, Wills, he's going on and on about how shrewd Tree Living is for bringing in Reader, Ronaldo, and Stone. It was like, oh my God. Okay, those guys were fine last night, but like, I guarantee you, if it was if those three guys aren't in the lineup last night, you probably still win six. <laughs> I wouldn't attribute the success of the team in the last two games to Mike Stone. Yeah. Tobias Reeder and Zach Ronaldo, even though they were good. I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you used Tree Living as the meme culprit, oh, but dude, at the Tree same Living's time, my favorite meme. At the same time, it's Ward's stupidity, too, that finally yeah. pays off. So, it's it'll be interesting because from our perspective, and maybe part of it is, we always say this, there's post traumatic. We have post traumatic whatever disorder because post-traumatic of post traumatic Glenn Galtzen disorder. Glenn Galtzen disorder. Yeah. Um, so when Bill Peters and Ward do things that they used to do that never worked, yeah. it's just like uber frustrating. Well, again, and like going back to this whole narrative of, oh, they crumble in adversity. It's like, well, I mean, again, like you said, you can trace it back to coaching decisions. Like, why did they crumble in the playoffs? Probably because Bill Peters was like, oh, fuck it. We're going to change our whole system that we've been playing all year in this game. That probably screws with you more than like crumbling to adversity. So yeah. I don't really buy this. This is a group that's characterized by their inability to overcome shit. Because, again, like, we've seen it historically. They've been able to do it. Well, and even you trace it back even further, right? The find-away flames was under Hartley. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the this core has shown a propensity to not crumble under pressure, to be able to respond Exactly. In to fact, adversity. the exact opposite. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, from my perspective, I think you agree... We don't think the issue is with the core. No. We think the issue lies within the coaching selections that we've had. And like I said, it's going to be interesting now to see what happens next. Under Ward. Because like we we just said, it's kind of like his stupidity finally pays off. Lucci's on the board. Reader's on the board. Ronaldo's on the board. Jankowski's on the board. Backlund's on the board. Oh, God. That's crazy. But if things go sideways back to... How they were a week, two weeks ago, yeah. 
then we might just be just as frustrated. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's it's hard to it's hard to curb your anger when they play as poorly as they do, and then it's hard to curb your enthusiasm when they play as well as they do. It's very difficult. So Dylan Dubé. All right, so the game's tied two two in Vancouver. And good old Dubster. What a goal! What a goal! That's like a skilled player goal. The guy knew where he was going. They to had get that one ice. angle, and you could like see he knew where he was shooting that because he saw yep. he had some some. He knew where he needed to get the open ice, and yeah. he saw the play developing and unfolding before him, and realized, "Okay, I gotta get this off now. If I just shoot it in this general area and it hits the net, it's going in," and it did. Like great play, Derek Ryan with the assist. Derek Ryan, a hell of a night against Vancouver. Like I said, lead, led the team in controlled zone entries, a couple of assists, a goal. Did he have two assists or just one? He only had one assist. Sorry, two points. Very good job by Derek Ryan, my favorite Mormon. Right. Do you have any other 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 people rivaling that? <laughs> Probably not. I guess. Maybe so, but again, coming back to your point, like you're down one nothing early, and then you're heading into the third period on the road, up three two, and it's like now you have a little bit of control here. What's going to happen in the third? And they just put their. And you know what? Here's a, another example of why this is a scoring team. Because can you imagine what would happen if they took their foot off the gas in that third period and tried to defend that lead? Yes, I can because we've seen it. More than a handful of times this year, sitting on a one-goal lead and losing the game. It happens all the time because this not, team is not built to be a sit-back defensive team. Instead, they score on the power play. They Thank score, you. Like Milan Lucic, power play goal. The first time ever you see Dylan Dubé with Andrew Mangiapane on a power play. What happens? I was going nuts. They score. Okay. And this was obviously the pinnacle, the tipping point for Milan Lucic was getting that power play goal. He he had been all over it with big hits. He got into that tussle. He's got, if you look at the replay, yeah. my favorite <laughs> shot of him celebrating after, his nose is all busted up. He's busted. He's got blood all over his face. Yeah. He's doing the 94 celly. It's like, Milan. Yeah, that was awesome. Where has this been? That was like peak. That was like fucking Boston Bruins circa 2010 Milan Lucic right there. Right? That was awesome. It was epic. So that was a feel-good moment. Um, for me, that was the moment of the game that I shared after Twitter. Yeah. People loved it. Um, and then obviously, yeah, then you have that sick... The Monaghan goal, yeah. again, like I've said, that was just like an emotional release from everybody in this city. It's Especially a, me. It's amazing. It's almost like you feel it citywide. It was like... Because that, like, that's it. Like, we needed that. That's exactly what we were bitching and moaning about on the last podcast is that we haven't seen enough this year. It was like, it was the perfect top line goal. The amount of emotional catharsis. Seriously. That we experienced in a matter of 48 hours. Oh. And then you get the, Amazing. the Tobias Reader image. Okay, how funny was that shift? You have Hannafin. Oh, my God. I knew. I was saying. I was like, they're not going to score. In fact, I guarantee you Bennett or somebody clangs it off the post. You had Hannafin, like, three opportunities with, like, a skater barely covering the net. Buries her into his shin pads. <laughs> Tobias Reader oh hits the fucking post from two feet away. Jesus. Oh, his God. it was pretty funny because after the game he he was like one of the top performers. Yep. And it was mostly because his expected goals was like fucking astronomical. It was like two point eight. Because that last shift. Because that last empty net shift, he had like eight chances right in front. And like you you know, let's circle this back because I know earlier in the season we were talking about who who's has worse fans, Edmonton or Oilers? And it's just like, could you imagine if that was oh the Edmonton God. Oilers we beat? 
Six-two. We wouldn't have heard the end of it yet. We would still be talking still be about arguing it. about how oh the refs, Whereas, the refs this. The did you refs hear anything that. from Vancouver fans? No, no. They were they were like, and I think rightly so, complaining a little bit about Pedersen. Okay, but it's like it goes both ways. Like we Johnny Gaudreau takes that shit every night. Well, every player. If you yeah. would do an ISO cam on pretty much any player in front of the net, I mean, yeah, he got a little bit more attention because he's Pedersen, but. Not much more than but any, again, like, any other little superstar. I didn't gets. hear any bitching from Vancouver fans at all. Could you so, imagine if that was the Oilers? I can't imagine, especially if Lucic and Reader scored. I can't believe they both scored in back-to-back games. This is what bizarre world am I living in? But that's kind of just the way the season's gone, isn't it? It's just bizarre, dude. All right, let's do some of the goals from last night. Okay, anything so else I, you want to bring up from the Vancouver no, like, game? I mean, that was just such... I, and again, like everybody's bringing up well, how well Dubé played, how well Ryan, Lucic, all those guys played. Like For me, the biggest, and again, it was even more confirmed last night, the biggest sign that this team can turn it around is that Johnny Gaudreau was his dominant self. And I know it, it didn't show up as much in the score sheet. He didn't get a goal on either night, but like he was doing Johnny Gaudreau things. Oh, yeah. Tons of slot passes carrying the puck, flying through the neutral zone. So that was the most encouraging thing to me about both of those games, is that Johnny Gaudreau looks like Johnny Gaudreau. And not only that, but I texted you, I think, a couple times. He's skating into the center of the ice again. When he gets over the blue line, he's not doing that little delay, which is fine. you got to be able to do that sometimes. You can't do it every single time. When you have a little bit of room, you got to cut to the center of the ice. That's a dangerous area. Yeah. When you cut there, it opens up so much play on either end. 100%. And he was doing that. And the thing you'll also notice, like, how many great opportunities did Sean Monaghan have last night? Yeah. When Johnny's going, it instantly creates a Sean Monaghan, like, that's the deadly combination. And you know what? Having watched this team... For enough years with Monaghan and Johnny on it, if the team is scoring and Monaghan's not, I'm happy. Because that motherfucker is hot and cold. Yeah. So I'd rather him go hot when everybody else... Yeah, exactly. I got the secondary. Anyways, I think the last point I want to make for the Vancouver is like how well that decor stepped up in Gio's absence. Totally. That's the best I've seen the decor as a unit play all year long. Totally. They were, they were all good. Like, I know Stone got crushed possession-wise, but he didn't make too many bad mistakes. He was okay yeah. in both those games, really, last night. So, And one of the telling things was right off the first few shifts in Vancouver, you saw Travis Hamannick in the crease, in the offensive end. You saw Noah Hannafin in the crease, in the offensive end. They were joining the rush. They were up there. Hannafin's going to be, I think, Han- I don't know, maybe he's got Dougie Hamilton syndrome. And I, I don't say that lightly because you know how highly I regard Douglas. And but explain it's like, yourself. With the that. more he plays, it seems the better he is. Like he has played more in the last two games that like average ice time than he has all year, and he's been way better. I'll tell you, man. For most players that are in the upper echelon, that is the case. The more you play them, the better they play. Then it just becomes a matter of you can't you can't do that long term. Yeah. Otherwise, they get tired out. But that's a total that's a total personnel management thing. So, so if Noah Hannafin is if this is the Noah Hannafin we got when we traded Dougie Hamilton, let's go, baby. Yeah, let's fucking go. Although we've only seen about only maybe seen, five games yeah, like out of fifty five. So, yeah. but hey, if this is the ceiling that we're talking about, then yes, that, please. Then the coach, the GM, the management needs to figure out how do you get him to play like that. If, a lot more if you have to increase his numbers, if he has to put in the top player pairing... And you pair him with Anderson. If you yeah. pair him with a guy who's very strong defensively. You figure out what it is, the difference, and even if you can't get 
that exact result every night, you got to at least get 80% of that. Yeah. Because we've seen fucking maybe 20% all season. So last going into last night, I was pretty skeptical. Because how many times have we seen this script this year? Were you, though? Because I felt we did a live, didn't we? I feel like... And we I, were both feeling I pretty was good. Like, I was like... Deep down, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. I just felt really confident. Because and I think it was the the way that they won in Vancouver. Yeah, maybe. And was then, like, pretty emotional, damn, like yeah. fuck us. It was so convincing. You had the emotional buy-in once again. Yeah, true. Anyways, continue. And I mean, as soon as Lucci scored, I was like, here we go, baby. He's <laughs> a power play goal. And like, I mean, that first power play unit had some great A chances as well. Yeah. yeah. It makes such a difference when the power play is going. Like, it makes all the difference in the world. That's why I bitch and moan about the power play so much. Because yeah. it's like, that was the difference. That's the difference. Well, you hear this all the time. Score three. You hear it all the time. And you and last two games is a brilliant example of this. Your power play, either if you don't score, it at least can build you momentum. Or it takes momentum away and gives it to the Which other is, team. Which is, what has it done the most part this year? It's been flat as fuck. It's just like, oh shit, we got a power play. God damn it. We're so gonna can we just, we've been doing pretty good 5-on-5. Five five. Can, yeah, we, can just, we just, <laughs> can we pretend it's football and just decline the penalty? Seriously. So Lucic, I mean, that's a heads up play by Backlund too, you know? Like, yeah. he literally made the exact same play and he saw it open up again. So, and I mean, that celebration is like and literally like, my favorite thing of all time. And what do you think of... And if I could, here's here's a couple other things. If you compare, because when you do the power play one, you have to bounce back to to Johnny. Yeah. How much better is Noah Hannafin than Geo? Dude, Geo when yeah. he does it is like so one dimensional. Whereas when Hannafin does, he's like skating twice as fast. He almost looks like he might not do it, and then he like goes to the side of the boards and then chips. You know it what? Back. I noticed that, and they they did the bump back like it was a weird one. They, they did a double bump back. Yeah, once. exactly. And there, I think that I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Where I think Hannah, it might have been Hannafin, it might have been Lindholm, but they they went right to the blue line, yeah. and dropped it back so far yeah. that the San Jose guy got baited into going for it, yeah. and then Johnny just danced right around him and entered the zone with absolute ease. It was great. It Those was really last cool. two games, especially last night, is probably the best I've seen that bump back. Work. Yeah, no, totally. It's like that's how it's supposed to work. And maybe again, it's the difference between Geo and Hannafin. I don't know, man. Like Geo comes back. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting because I think if Hannafin can continue this, he's going to make a strong case for taking over that PP1 Hells spot. yeah. So then 20 seconds later, or 30 seconds later. Oh, yeah. The other thing I want to say, too, is like, and then on PP2, I've never seen, have they even done the bump back on PP2 much? They're using Backlund as the bump back, and fuck, that's working great, too. Well, I mean, that was that's what was interesting about tracking zone entries in the Vancouver game, and then I was looking at some stats afterwards. Backlund's one of the better guys. It's like Johnny, Backlund, Ryan are kind of like your three zone entry guys. So good, good. Keep doing that, please. And more mind you, Penny on the power play. And more Dubé on the power play. I think that's been a, made a huge difference. Can you believe that we had to clamor for another 35 games this year to get Dubé back in the lineup? And no more Sam Bennett on the power play. No. All so, right. Tobias Reeder on a pretty great play from Mark Jankowski, who probably had, not probably, had his best game of the season last night. He's been awesome too, and it's it's good to see. Like, there is a quote after the game, which was hilarious by Ronaldo. <laughs> Dude, this guy, if I had the energy, the energy and confidence of this motherfucker, Ronaldo. Holy shit! So after the game, the fan interviews him and they ask him, "Hey, you've been in and, the line, in and out of the lineup so much this year. What's helped you maintain your game and actually be able to be effective and score some goals?" And he basically, well, he basically. He said it. Literally, quote, this is him quoted, just not be a whiny little bitch. 
That's awesome. That literally, that right there, that quote, totally makes the, the fact that he's on the team totally good with me. Right? And it's like, look at the characters we have on this team. Go, so go down the line. Seriously, like, when you watch last night, just as a quick aside, you see Lucic and Backlund doing the 94 celly. Yes. You see Kachuk do the in-between-the-leg shit. You got Dubé. You got Dubé. Like, you the got characters, all fucking Dubé, Monge. Like, they're all beauties. The character just builds and builds. It's unreal. Anyways, like, and then the Ronaldo goal, and, like, so, but my point was, it's like, good on Jankowski. No, yeah, because totally. Because after finally getting his he game around. He could have packed it in. He could have packed it in. Yeah. But even after he had to sit out the, the the back-to-back games in Battle of Alberta, after scoring back-to-back games. Which we were very highly critical of. And it proves our point. He should have been in those games. Totally. But he's his game is still there. He dangled somebody against Vancouver. Against Vancouver, like beautiful dangle. Set up Johnny. Yep. So, good on Jankowski. Sticking in with it. And this has been our point with Jankowski. We know how good he is. Yes. The reason why we hated on him so much. So frustrating. Yeah. So, but we never really, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to trade him. But well, at the, I mean, at the same if you could, time, you do. But you know, the ten, that, that, again, that's but, why it's so frustrating. But again. The talent's there. It's just you don't see it very often. But again, the main reason why we want, we want him traded is because we feel like the management has fucked up so hard. Yeah. That it's like burnt the relationship between the player, and not even so much his fault. Yeah, like I can't see, I can't imagine he's super stoked. You know, even even though, around. even though we have, yeah, we've yeah. ripped on him a bit. But again, the guy scored 17, 13 goals, and then he was didn't absent for the first four so games. Jankowski, so Jankowski, great, and keep it up, bud. And like I, the Ronaldo goal, and not even just the Ronaldo scored it, but the, again, that to me is like I so I, I so hope they continue this because. That third goal was like that was like I think maybe this team is back. Yeah. Because like again, like I said off the top, it was like how many times last year did you see them score one, two, three? They killed the opponent. It was just like they kept coming in swarms. It was just like they had that killer. Like we're gonna keep going. Waves. Yeah, exactly. It was just waves after wave. And waves of offensive opportunity. You see them come out and get a whole line change on that. And Johnny gets a shot. Monty gets a shot. Lindholm or uh, Anderson gets a one timer. Yeah. Hannafin gets a one timer. <laughs> Johnny crossing to Ronaldo in the net. And one of the things too that that does, it builds momentum for your team. And I think that's why they're able to ride those waves. Yeah, totally. So that right there, that third goal was like, okay. Maybe this is for real, these two games. It's funny because I know you've said that once already this season. When was it? In Toronto against the Leafs? No, when it was was when we went on the seven-game heater mm-hmm. um, after Ward was replaced. Or maybe it wasn't you, but the fan base as a collective was like, the Flames are back. Yeah. There was one game I can't remember. Well, what... I specifically remember the Toronto game when we hosted the Leafs. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Johnny had like four points maybe. They scored those three goals like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It was like, yeah, there they are. And there might have been a game on either side of that. I remember on Twitter, people were like, finally, the Flames are back. Yeah. And so, it's interesting yeah. because we said this last week. The only difference we know is that they're playing music in practice again. They're back to having fun. Oh, yeah. But we said last week, hey, if it works, it's going to be temporary. They need to make permanent changes yeah. to the way they play. Well, again, like I keep bringing this up because this is the talking point now today. It's like, oh, well, if we look back at the end of the season, these two games will be the turning point. We said it once. We said it a goddamn million times. There is no turning point. Like, I think I used this term yesterday. It's like, saying stuff like that is like mental masturbation. It feels good. You It kind of is like, yeah, it's the turning point. There's no turning point. 
it's only a turning point if they continue to do this. There's not like some magical turning point that just happens just because you played two really good games. You have to keep going. Right. You have to make the turning point a turning point. You can't just say there's a turning point and then continue on. The turning point will be at the end of the season. In hindsight, you say, oh, that was the turning yeah, point. Yeah, you have to make the turning point happen. You can't just call it a turning point. All right. So, again, resiliency. The Sharks make it interesting. Yeah. They make it 3-2 going, in the, see, in the I guess, second. in the middle of the second period. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you and I are like, oh. I was like, here we go. God it's like, oh, it. God. Yeah. Now we know the sharks. Now we're going to retreat into our defensive shell and not press. But then good on them. Yeah. Another 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 bottom six goal. Another outstanding play by Lucic getting over to Janko. Janko. And good for Janko. Like that's kind of what we've been like so frustrated with him is like he's a big guy with skill. Go Go to to the the net. net. Why aren't you in front of the net, Janko? That's what happens when you go to the net. You get pucks bounce off your face. So thank God for that. And at that point, I was like, okay, there's some demonic shit going down. If Michael Stone scores, it's going to f- tear open a hole in the universe because, like, this is like this is like some Fibonacci end of the world sequence shit for Reader, Lucic, Jankowski, Ronaldo. Right. <laughs> all score in the same game. I was, was like, a little scared. Was a Vortex going to open up its center ice Seriously. and just, like, start sucking people in? and just I like, was afraid. So, okay, and then and then and like, then Jesus Christ, and then what do you even say about this guy anymore? You're on the power play. This is a penalty that he drew. Well, that was funny. If you go on Instagram, all the butter sharks fans were like, mm, "They didn't show the dive." Well, hey, I mean, you stick. It's kind of hard to skate with a guy stick between your legs. The thing is, is like, there's a reason why Chucky draws the most penalties in the league. Yeah, because it's something he does very well. He knows. When to go down, you know, it's like, so, hey, it's an art form. Well, I didn't even think that. I, I think he sold it a bit, but he got tripped. He made sure they knew he got tripped. Well, the thing is, is like, the reason why it's an art form for him is that he can trip himself with another player's stick. Do you know, you know, he catch my gear. You know what I'm saying? He's always falling around all over the ice. I know what you mean. It's like, he can cross check himself <laughs> with somebody else's stick. He's like Ed Norton in Fight Club in that scene where he's beating himself up to get his boss in trouble. Right? Like, that's Kachuk. <laughs> He'll high stick himself with someone yeah. else's stick for fun. He'll knock sakes. his own teeth out. But so, I mean, like, like. But like, how classic is that? He draws the penalty, everybody's fuming at him, and then he scores that goal? Did he say it's too easy? That's what it looked like he said. No. That's what it looks what, like. Like when he's celebrating? I didn't it see It looks that. like he said to Johnny, it's too easy. Amazing. Go watch it in slow-mo. All right, I got to go back and look at that. So, like, I mean, and again, I said this earlier, but I mean, I think that's why, I like, Noah Hannafin, great play yeah. to make that happen because he's got two sharks on him. He doesn't just blast it. He doesn't just dump it onto the boards. He sees Chuck's wide open. And, like, I have, I have historically... Just because of percentage-wise, been so fucking annoyed when he does that in-between-the-legs shit. But he doesn't score that goal if he doesn't go between his legs. He totally psyched Dell out and changed the angle. It was great. And then he goes bar down. That's my favorite in-between-the-legs goal. Because the Islanders one he scored, I think it was last year or the year before. It was okay. The one in Nashville was just, like, mind-boggling. But he got... What are the sticks made out of these days? Graphite? Some shit. He got wood on that, and it went bar down, and it was awesome. It'd be one thing if it just, like, because it, I guess, it, no, it, at first glance against Pecorino, it looked like it went off of Pecorino's shoulder. Yeah, but no, it went, it went pretty clean in. in. But to go bar down. Bar down, like hard. That like, was sick. Like, come on. 
The amount of skill level that, that was, was, so was sweet. unreal. And then, yeah, I think he sends too easy. It's too easy. My favorite piece of that, and I, I and I did a quick video, right? Was I go to Bob Booger? <laughs> Bob Booger's on the bench. He's just like, oh fuck. He's shaking his head, and then Johnny. Johnny. See, Johnny I, loved it. John, the smile uh, on Johnny's face, a mile wide. Do people want to trade this guy? Come on. Hey, is this, do you think scoring is part of Johnny's identity? Uh, yes. Do you think Johnny likes playing on a scoring team? Do you think he he like he loves scoring and winning a little bit more than he hates to lose? I think so. Yes. And hating not scoring? I think so, yes. Like, can you just be Can you just be a scoring like, team please, again, please? Like, do, see these last two games? Do that. That's all we want. That's all we want. Score goals. That's it. Speed off the rush. Come on. Do it. Anyways, and then Backlund had a nice power play goal as well. It's just and I mean, like, Mon- look at that. Bonnie. How many guys get off the schneid? How, like, what a great play by Mont. That was a definitely intended Michael, to pass that. Michael not. Backlund needed that one. Bad. Did Monji Pony not intend to pass that oh, over? Oh, totally, yeah. He needed that one bad because how many times in the Vancouver game did he have a chance to score? Yeah. And like, how well, many that, times that's been his whole year. How many times a game does he, <clears throat> yeah, that, every that's game? That's his whole career. Does he have a chance to score? Much. He can't bury it. So overall, like last night was, was probably the best game I've seen this season. Like the Vancouver game was good last night. Last night was the best game I've seen from top to bottom from everybody. The thing is, is like, and and these guys know this. Now that they're they're rolling right now, now that they're rolling and you have an easy schedule. Like, look at your next four games: L.A. Kings, Anaheim Ducks, Chicago Blackhawks, Anaheim Ducks. Boston's a tough one, but then you got Detroit. Like, you need to look at this next four game segment for sure. Finish off the road trip, but these next four games. Like you like take eight points. You gotta take it. And I mean Connor McDavid today just announced he's out for two to three weeks. You've gotta make hay while the goddamn sun is shining. And the thing is like that let that sort itself out. Like you're fucking Focus rolling. On, yeah, exactly. We said this earlier when we were on that hot streak earlier. When you're rolling and you have like a winning streak going, you just wanna extend it as a little bit longer. Extend it a little bit longer. A little, see how long this can go. Yeah, and I think in the next four games, like, let's go six straight here. Yeah, seriously, we're due for another streak. Like, holy crap, let's go. And I mean, again, like, I keep, I've kind of brought this up. It's like, I think again, the most important thing out of those two games to me is that Johnny Gaudreau was Johnny Gaudreau, and you saw what can happen. Again, we've said this a hundred times. The offense flows through him. You saw what can happen. When he's playing like that, this team is a this team is a legit for me. This team is a legit team when Johnny Gaudreau is playing like that. So if he's going, even if their systems don't change too much, if he's finding a way to create offense like he was in the last two games, I'm pretty confident we can go on a bit of a run here. Yeah, because like, well, and we said this last week before the last two games because we were basing it off of the fucking two eggs they laid against San Jose and Nashville. But the only way, like, sure, we said this last week, they could still turn it around, they could go on a run. But in order for that to happen, number one, Johnny needs to get going. Mm-hmm. So if this is a sign of him getting going, there you go.